Let us see what the future holds. Welcome, listeners, to What the Future Holds, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandy Jekyllah, and with me, effervescent as ever, is one of our other hosts, Christopher D. Littlefield. Christopher, I love seeing your happy face. How are you? Apparently, darling? I'm effervescent, so I'm bubbly and <laughs> and sprightful and happy to be here. I, I was not sure if it was going to go to Dave, but I'll take it. I'm not effervescent. Yeah. I'm evanescent. <laughs> that that is true. He is. Yeah, I agree. Bring me to life, man. Yes. Is <laughs> well. Obviously, you've heard our other host, which is which is my wonderful husband and the evanescent <laughs> David Jekyll, <Yep. Chappell. laughs> and uh, he has a cat beside him. The cat. I do. The cat Shinobi, who is we just call Nobi or Buddy or Kitty or guy or floof or he's being very affectionate <laughs> today yes a little needy he is trying i think it's national hug a cat day yes he has been hugged tightly many times by dave yep. much to his chagrin yep to the point of <laughs> indeed well yeah it has been a minute since we've all been together mm-hmm. and uh, it's been a star trek minute a star trek minute <laughs> Yeah, it there have been some schedule issues and uh, it it's not been any one thing. I've had some health issues. And uh Chris, you've been busy with some work, which is great. I've had yeah, yeah I've had some actual work to do nice. and and that felt incredible yeah. to be able to do that. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. great. And Dave's just basically like, whatever. No, he's been doing mandatory overtime in his job. Overtime. So much. Yep. So, yep. yeah, it's been a weird time period for for the Jackalas and a good busy time period for Chris. So mm-hmm. It's been nice to see new member, new people joining the yeah. Facebook group yeah. and people are... St- you know, still paying attention, which is great. I also personally had, I needed a little bit of a hiatus. Mm -hmm. The regular listeners listeners will know that we basically changed networks three times within the course of like six or seven months. It's been a weird time, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we like went nonstop guns blazing for a really long time. Plus we had Lower Decks, then Discovery. We had like Picard, then Lower Decks, then Discovery. So there was a lot, like it was a lot of, production we were doing and so i think after we finished season three into our into our reviews of of the short treks and everything i just got a little bit like oh it caught mm, up with me yeah. you know i needed a minute to compose sure. myself it all caught up with me and so i just took a break and Ow. guess who's back in the motherfucking yeah, house baby. anyway it's really good to be here i now. am i'm so grateful that you are here because you are an integral part of this team we Hmm. love your voice we love your viewpoint you bring something to this that neither of us have so yeah that's very true we love having you around well we all do that but still it's just it just felt like there was just this giant chris-shaped hole (laughs) we just (laughs) didn't feel like we could do something with that giant chris-shaped hole there oh it's it's like you having can totally. one of the ingredients of a s'mores. Yeah. So you can't make s'mores. You know, you need the cracker. You need the mushroom. You need, or mushroom. The mushroom. mushroom. Marshmallow. You need the marshmallow. Mush- you need the chocolate. What kind of fucking s'mores did you get when well, you were a kid? Well, they're magic mushrooms. 
There, there, okay. He was thinking of the mycelial network and the spore drive. Yep, I you was. Know. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, did you see that there's scientific articles out about mushrooms and space travel? Well, of course. So no. Discovery was way ahead of the game. What? Star Trek doing imagine that? Imagine that. That's imagine crazy. taking the research of the actual Paul Stamets, <laughs> naming a character in Star Trek after him, and taking his research to its possible natural conclusion. Hmm. I like then when people are like, that's far-fetched. Something like that would never happen. And then it's like, well, it's actually already science. Mm -hmm. So you're an asshole. It's something about the mushroom, like finding the shortest distance between two areas. That's very cool. It is very cool. I, I love it when stuff like that happens. When it's like, hey, there is actually a scientific precedent for this. <laughs> yeah. So haters can yeah. just keep hating. I don't care. I don't. I don't they need. They can them. call the ambulance. Oh, the ambulance. The wham. You, like wake me up before you. Go. <laughs> or don't wake me up. Just leave. <laughs> yeah. I guess I. You know, it's funny because I have just cut all the negative Trek people out of everything social media wise for myself. That yeah. when something Good. happens. I don't know about it and I hear about it like third hand, but don't know what it is because that actually happened today as we're recording. This is June 4th as we're recording. And, and actually our good friend Dan Gunther was posting about it too on Facebook. He says, apparently something happened on Trek Twitter. I didn't see it. I don't know what happened, but a a lot of people were up in arms and I'm like, really? I know nothing about this. None of my friends are up in arms. I don't even know. No idea. And you know what? I don't need to know. I don't want to know. I'm happy with the trek that I follow right now. Yeah, yeah. I saw the uh, Discovery cast shared something for Pride Month that was very lovely there's, on Twitter. Oh, there's a panel happening tomorrow. There's a panel. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm super excited for that. That's going to be really cool. So we've got Wilson mm-hmm. Cruz, uh, Anthony Rapp, Ian Alexander, Blue Del Barrio, Blue. Michelle Paradise, Tig. and Tig Notario. Notario? Yes. Good grief. Notario. Notario. Notar- Notario. I just wanted to. The Blue Del Barrio. Oh Tig my Notario. God. The Notarius <laughs> TIG. <gasps> oh. oh my God. Wow. I'm a genius. Okay. You got yourself a shirt. Time to merchandise. The Notarius TIG. Notarius TIG. I don't know. That- we'll workshop it. Notarius. Yeah. I'm writing that down as a a possible title. (laughs) Oh hell yeah, Yeah, that's a good title. So dang. She needs to know about that. (laughs) That that is Tig needs to. Yes, she would love that. She absolutely would. I love Tig so much. Mm -hmm. What an amazing person. Except she'd forget our names. That's okay. I don't care if she remembers my name. Don't care. I've already forgotten. If she remembers me for half a second, I will feel Mm. so seen. (laughs) 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 I'm okay with it. So what was that guy's name? Gene? Yeah. She was cleaning up all the goo. <laughs> yep. Oh Gene. yeah. Cleaning up the uh yep. the uh this what's his name? Oh what oh my why can't I, I can see his face. I can tell you yeah, the actor's name. He was control name. basically. Yeah. Alan Van Spring. I can tell you the actor's name. Why can I not tell you? <gasps> I can't remember either. Because wow. it's been a while. The information's in my brain. But it's doing that four oh four file not found thing. I really yeah. hate when I can't connect those Same. pathways. I can't recall. Was, oh, well. Sorry, I was just lost in that moment when uh, Michael broke his nose. It was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody who's listening is screaming the name right now. They, they oh, yeah. totally are. They totally are. Yeah. And then, Let's just call him Mitch. <laughs> Mitch. Let's we'll just call him Mitch. Mitchell. Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell. 
stop doing MST3K jokes. Um, okay, <laughs> that's okay. I, lo- I love history science theater, but Chris has no frame of reference, so that's not right. fair. No, I know what it is, and I have seen a few moments of it, but, but yep. yeah, not enough to understand Mitchell. So it's a terrible movie. <laughs> Well, helps knowing that the crew behind MST3K are super liberal because I follow them on Twitter and they're always going after Republicans. That is true. I mean, I imagine that they were super liberal. Yeah. I guess we should talk about a thing or two. We got a couple more short treks. Yes, we do. To talk about the final ones, which I'm surprised we haven't gotten anything yet for a while. So we need some short treks. Well, I know we've got August. 12th if i remember correctly or is it august 14th oh my god we've got uh, lower deck prodigy? season two lower deck season two oh. coming first and then prodigy okay. will be coming after that so yeah lower deck season two i cannot believe lower deck season two is coming that fast jeez it's amazing. i know do you think they're gonna do a split up discovery season this year i don't know i really hope not because i hate that yeah i like it because season three was a lot to get all dumped at once all in a row but if it hadn't come directly on the heels of lower decks it wouldn't have seemed like as much i don't think that's true because we didn't even get a week off no because season yeah. two dropped all at once but it was all by itself there wasn't anything directly before or after it so there was no break in season two Mm-mm. oh no we just I had it all was. no we just had it all at once oh yeah Hmm. Which I was glad of because if they had had a break in the middle of that, I would have lost my damn mind because we didn't even get to really see Spock until until season seven. Good grief. Until episode seven. And then we didn't even get to see Spock with his correct mind until episode eight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have been very upset if they had taken a break in there. That's just me. All right. Well, let's talk about the second animated short track of all time. (laughs) Because it will always be the second of all time. Mm-hmm. And that is The Girl Who Made the Stars. And this one has a much smaller cast. Well, the first one didn't have a really huge cast because a lot of the voices were just soundtrack from the original series, really. The only sounds we really heard were Kirk Thatcher doing the narration, doing his Richard Attenborough, mm-hmm. and uh, the sounds that Ephraim and Dot made. Mm-hmm. But this we have Kenrick Green, oh Kenrick Green, reprising his role as Mike Burnham. And then we have a lovely young lady by the name of, I hope it, it's either Kiri or Kyrie, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, McAlpin doing the voice of young Michael Burnham. How do you spell it? It's K-Y-R-I-E. So if it's Latin, then maybe, I don't know if they pronounce it, Kyrie. Yeah, it could be Kyrie as well. That just makes me think of the Mr. Mister song. I did watch the bonus features, and I swear it's Kyrie, but it could be wrong. Okay, mm, that's a pretty name, though. It is. Kyrie is a great name. It's a lovely name. Because Kiri reminds me too much of audition. Okay. So it's at the end scene is Kiri, 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 Kiri. So all the horror fans out there are just reminiscing and and cringing right now. And yeah, we're all thinking. <laughs> Neither of you have seen audition, so that- no. So I'm cringing too because <laughs> okay. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> and again, because you said Curie, I'm instead thinking of the Mr. Mr. song. Anyone who was a uh, fan of Mr. Mr. knows what I'm talking about. Everyone else is just going, huh? So this lovely little short opens up with a storm happening in space around a little space station. 
and a young girl in a bed who wakes up upset and is crying out for her dad. And dad comes in, and I didn't know at first if it was going to be Kenrick Green, but I figured it was going to be Kenrick Green doing the voice. But yeah, it's Mike coming in to comfort Michael, who has a stuffed tardigrade. Mm -hmm. With a glowy little antenna. <laughs> it's like a glow bug. Mm -hmm. It is oh my like God. a glow bug. Or glow worm so or whatever weird. it was called. Yeah, glow Well, there worm. were both. There, there was glow worm. And then there were the little ones, the little yeah. plastic ones that I collected. But there were the huggable ones. Yes. There was glow worm and then there was, there was another and you, one. I can't it's got the battery it pack in the middle. So it's like... Like you don't want to hit somebody with it because it's hard yeah, and in not. the middle and you squeeze the middle and it lights up. Yeah, that was kind of not the best idea. And that's probably why they're not around anymore. They were, but, cool. you know, in the 80s, we had some really weird ideas about safety. So mm -hmm. I had a talking Snoopy Ooh. in Did the you? vein of Teddy Ruxpin. It was just a Snoopy that you put a tape in the back and he told stories and his ears would move and his mouth would move. He would sing. That's very weird because Snoopy doesn't talk in the cartoons. He talked in this. The Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what I, Snoopy's voice would be. I hope it was like really deep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Snoopy. <laughs> it was like this. Oh. Oh, dang. I was really hoping it was like James Earl Jones or something. Mm -hmm. Bummer. Snoopy was very refined. Yeah, he made weird gurgling <laughs> noises. I know that. Yeah. yeah they kind of yeah yeah and the red baron stuff mm -hmm. wow where okay hi and his cousin that was yeah. like welcome back outlaw from the wild west or something yeah. oh yeah Peanuts. welcome Peanuts cartoon. welcome to the first yeah. tangent and we haven't even got a minute into the show mm -hmm. This is what we do, folks. This is why you're here. Because if you didn't like it, you wouldn't be listening. I really I like know. the lights in the room, in her room, mm -hmm. like the planet lights. Yes. I want that. Yeah. I want that to be yeah. invented. Agree. We had something similar for I... a while. We had just glow-in-the-dark stars that I put on the ceiling. It's not the same, yeah. though. I want something, like, with color. Something that's kind of more 3D. Yeah, yeah I'm sure they got stuff to do that, like laser-projected things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, something like that, where you can just project solar systems onto your i mean it could be a hologram for all i care i'd like to That's get light. one of those lasers that are sound activated so when i'm playing music it can just bounce against the walls and have a little rave inside the house there you go yeah. oh and speaking of peanuts it was a progressive comic strip peanuts it had franklin and that made waves when somebody wrote in saying you know they didn't have any black representation in peanuts and so he's like oh great i'll put in a black character then and then there's a big outrage he's like no he's staying <laughs> franklin's staying because mm -hmm. yeah there should be representation and you get that with discovery crew too so there are some parallels hmm. yeah well you have more than one yeah <laughs> yeah that's true discovery. yeah but considering the time difference too i mean we're talking what yeah. 2019 2020 2021 or whatever and 2017, 2017 yeah believe it or not started and then whenever the yeah, Peanuts comic strip started, that was a long oh, time yeah. ago. 50s. No. Pretty sure it was the 50s. I could be wrong on that. I'm not going to look it yeah. up, though, because we're here to talk about Yeah, because now <laughs> I have You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, the musical in my head. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. There was also a sequel musical written, a Snoopy musical. I don't know if it's a sequel, but it's a Snoopy musical. Kind of jazzy piano a... for the uh, cartoons. I don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Michael, scared of the dark. Yes. Uh, loud sounds. You know what? It's lightning and, and thunder and stuff. That can be scary. Very, very frightening. I know. I, say. Now I've got that damn song <laughs> stuck in my head. Thanks, Dave. That's why I'm here. <laughs> yes, in case anyone was wondering, he was referencing Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh. Yeah. Bolts and lightning. Anyway. I'm now sticking to my chair. It's very warm. It was 100 degrees today. Yes. So, yeah. Well, when I was a kid, thunder and lightning were very, very frightening to me. Shut up, Dave. And I, you know, as an adult, they don't scare me in the same way. But I do find them startling, mm. I guess is a good way to put it. And they do make it difficult to sleep. Yes. But when you're a little kid, it's something that you don't understand. You can't control. So I get that. So... So light comes in and he's trying to, she just wants to sleep with all the lights on. Yep. And who can blame her? Because <laughs> the dark is scary. And I love how he handles that. He's like, yeah, you could do that. But I think maybe it's not so much that you're scared of the dark or are you scared of, are you scared of being scared? Mm. Or yeah, he's, uh, he handles it really well trying to get to what she's really scared of. You know, I always, I just kept think, I just keep thinking about, oh, some Klingons are gonna come in and kill your daddy soon. <laughs> I know. I mean, allegedly. I, well, actually, yeah. this is much younger. Yeah. In this, that's at least probably Couple years, few years, five to six. Uh, yeah. Well, I would say she's maybe six or seven yeah. here, so that's a good five years away. Okay. I'm you, thinking they were on there that, that long then, I guess. They were on that station for a long time. Is this the same place? No, because well, they no, were on a Doctari Alpha was a planet. Oh, so they're on they're doing so different work. Here. This is a different place. Okay. Yeah, this is a different place where they're stationed. Because they went to Doctari Alpha for a change of scenery. Right. Supposedly. They've been many places and this was this is just one of them. But uh but yeah. So but Doctari Alpha was that that was a the station on them because the Klingons landed mm -hmm. there. Oy. So yeah, about being afraid of of the dark and being afraid of the unknown, mm -hmm. which is where we get the bedtime story. Yes. And granted, the story that he tells is not really the story of the girl who made the stars that Michael tells at the beginning of season two. With the Ka'am Abathwa. Yeah. And that and even that is is still not the story of the girl who made the stars. Yeah. But that's how it happens. But, yeah, that's how it happens. A story is different. It grows and changes depending on the telling. Just like the fairy tales that we tell today are nothing like the original fairy tales from which they came. Well, and hi even historical things are, you know, oh, yeah, they're misremembered totally either intentionally retold. or unintentionally. And like our modern yeah. superheroes are basically us retelling the old greek myths again mm -hmm. people will say something wrong long enough that eventually it becomes right to them mm -hmm. and that just keeps getting perpetuated which is how language gets changed mm -hmm. sometimes for the better sometimes for the worse he's telling a story to a child and so i have no problem with the way he tells the story mm -hmm. even though if you break it down logically it's like so there were no stars and at the end of this she opens this this little container and suddenly there are stars. Yeah, in the whole universe, like <laughs> in what? Yeah, it's it's very religious kind of story for something that's based in a Star Trek reality where science is so beloved. It's weird to tell a story that is so like anti science. 
Well, I don't see it as religious, yeah. though, because this thing's given to her by an alien. That's true. Yeah, so. I see it as religious until the when the alien shows up, it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. But then aliens and angels, I mean, what's the real distinction there? Mm. As visitors from another plane of existence or what have you. Right, yeah. I mean, there's... Especially biblical angels that have many wings and, and heads. faces and many eyes and are on fire and stuff. They're not these beautiful pictures of angels you see on like sympathy cards or whatever you might see right it's like the biblical angels are frightening they're fucked up yeah could you imagine like yeah anyway yeah. i'm gonna i was about to go down a road that i don't <laughs> no, need to go no. down no, i know exactly which road you want to go down and we could spend yeah. the rest of the episode just talking about that <laughs> we do not we don't that today however <laughs> that would be a very interesting discussion to have another yeah. time because yeah, I got some things to say about growing up Mormon, too. Yep. So. Yeah. <laughs> I got some things to say. He tells the story. I'm not going to I'm not going to do this blow by blow. I'm not right. going to tell retell this whole short trick. OK, I love the animation. I love mm-hmm. how little Michael is rendered. I love her little pigtail. Oh, my puff. God. It just makes me so happy. It's like how rude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I knew he threw that mm. in just to get her riled yeah. up so that she would stop thinking about fear go and be angry goal. instead. That was so perfect. Yeah. And of course, the the representation of this girl in the story looks like Michael mm. with a few changes. Mm-hmm. You know, She has different color eyes and things like that, but she still has those adorable little puffs. Oh, that hair. Do you like the snake? The snake the is... I have an interesting feeling about snakes snakes terrify me and thrill me at the same time snakes love you really they do love me and i don't know i have experienced that too we used to have snakes yeah kindred spirits had snakes the first time i ever touched a snake was in third grade there was a woman from the zoo who brought reptiles and snakes and she brought a snake around and uh, she let kids touch the snake to feel their skin and that was the first time I touched a snake. And then every time Dave and I went to a zoo and it happened at our local zoo, it happened in San Diego Zoo. When we would go into the area where there were the snakes, the snakes would press themselves against the window and start climbing up the window right where Ooh. I was. And I was just like, okay, this like is Like a weird. Harry Potter situation. Yeah, it's like she's a parcel yeah. tongue. Whoa. <laughs> she's, which is weird because she's you're not related. I am. She's, you're less, yeah, she's Dave's less Slytherin? <laughs> I'm not Slytherin at all. Oh. I I am a Ravenclaw. Dave's the Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin. Oh, nice. <laughs> Can you believe so, it? Yeah, I don't. Mm. So yeah, I have a healthy respect for snakes. I have had snakes upon me because <laughs> was it the first Vanix we went to, Dave? They had it multiple times, but I think the very first one they had a the snake handler first? there, and they had spiders too. Yeah, they had boa constrictors, and I had three boa constrictors draped on me. Boas are cool. Yeah, there were three different sizes. The smallest one was a female. And I think she felt threatened because she started tightening herself around my neck. Oh, my God. She was constricting my neck. (laughs) And I said, okay, this one around my neck is getting a little bit tight. I didn't panic at all. I just said, this one around my neck is getting a little tight. And he's like, oh, let's get that one off. But the biggest one, he just basically, he was just like, hey. And I'm like, hey. And so he just laid on me. It's really cool. I had one on me one of those times. And it. It would put its head near your wrist where it could feel your pulse and then go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like they wanted to know they were by someone 
and then they felt mm-hmm. safe and would go to sleep. I like the warmth mm-hmm. of the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I but I enjoyed being covered in the uh, boas. Yep. <laughs> go figure. Snakes all over. Okay, why were we talking about well, Oh, talking dark. about the night yeah. beast. The night beast. Yeah. Which is represents the unknown, the threat of the unknown, the threat mm-hmm. of what's in the dark, the undiscovered. Yeah, and most people are afraid of giant mm-hmm. snakes with fangs, you know, cuz uh, fangs are usually poisonous or represent being poisonous. So, it's it's a representation of darkness and, and evil, if you will. Mm-hmm. Or it's basic like Joseph Campbell monomyth kind of stuff. Mm. Of the hero going out into the unknown, into the belly of the whale, in order to seek out something that will benefit the community, mm-hmm. who are too afraid to go out there. So the hero has to go out on it alone, armed with maybe a few things, and this being the little glow bug <laughs> that joins <laughs> her to provide her light, mm. you know, to go out, discover something, and bring that back to the community. I like that when exactly it smashed, the bug was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing I can do to help. I'm saving myself. Sorry. Bye. It is a weird kind of conclusion, though, because it's very deus ex machina. You Mm -hmm. know, it's this Mm. alien coming from the heavens to rescue her is a weird way to conclude a story. Yeah, well, it wasn't so much coming from the heavens as ship malfunctioned Mm. and alien crashed. Yeah, it was. It's weird. It's a little convenient. It was just a a coincidence. But I like that it wasn't a humanoid alien it was a very alien yeah we've never really seen much like that in star trek and it was like levitating too right it's kind of like an abyss kind of yes totally yeah Yeah, very much like that that's a good uh that's a good analogy that is something to rewatch soon i have a hard time with that one because of the drowning oh i don't like that part yeah i can't or sphere you could watch sphere (laughs) what I hate it. What bothers me with Abyss is with the liquid oxygen and as he's going down, and you can see there's a gap in the helmet. And you know the pressure would have affected that little gap where there's air and no liquid oxygen. It's like, why didn't they fill it it all the way up? Brain explode? His head explode? Any kind of bubble Mm. would be too much. So that bothers me. This tangent brought to you by science. Science. (laughs) By pressure. And dirty, weird people. (laughs) Yes, dirty, weird people. I really appreciated that this alien wasn't your typical humanoid alien. And that's the beauty of animation is you can do stuff like that and have something be really different than anything we've ever seen. And it took the curiosity of a child Mm -hmm. to be able to look upon such a creature and go, oh, hi, who are you? Sort of thing. And you can see how that story would inspire her in her future years to join a science vessel mm-hmm. and to become a science officer is to go out there and discover the unknown and to be fearless and to go into those dark, unmapped reaches of space. The whole going back to the village and becoming the hero of her people and becoming a queen and slaying mm-hmm. the night beast, bringing the stars to the sky. Now, the way that I can explain this to myself is that the stars were always there. It was a matter of really opening perception to it. That's just kind of how I look at it. I don't know. I can't. I can't explain it in that way. It's a. It's a bedtime yep. story. It doesn't have to make logical. Well, sense. it's a creation myth. Yeah. If you were telling the story, it wasn't being shown visually. Like there was no mm. representation of it. You wouldn't really think about that, right? Like I don't mm. think. Well, it's like yeah. with the Christian Bible with 
Genesis is I believe the plants were created before the sun and the moon, you know, before night and day. Mm. And it's like, wouldn't you do night and day and then the plants? <laughs> yeah, because don't plants need sun? Yeah. Therefore, why would you create plants before Yeah, day? why would you have photosynthesis without a, without sunlight? Are you saying that there are holes in in the Bible? <laughs> Creation in, mythology? In, yeah. Possibly. Are you saying there are things that yeah. don't make sense in, in there? <laughs> well, that's what's great about myth is it tells yeah. a bigger <gasps> truth. Is that are you, sacred, are you you're going to hell? Well, I'm saying like the whole Genesis thing is, yeah. But I think it, it's more fascinating to call it, it is mythology. more fascinating that way because yeah, mythology speaks to it's like more fun. a greater truth is it's about the development of human consciousness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. eventually. Yeah. It's about, you know, being born innocent and then learning good and evil and responsibility and having to deal with that. And that women are evil. I think, yeah, <laughs> women are, yeah, women are. I think that that was um, definitely rewritten because mm -hmm. women wanted to be equal, and men were just like, "Oh, wait, they're better than we are. Um, if we let them be equal, then they're eventually going to take over, and we'll have nothing." Mm -hmm. Okay, so we got to rewrite this to keep them in their place. Yeah, we don't want. Pretty sure mm -hmm. that was the whole plan. Mm -hmm. Are you saying uh, that men have oppressed other people just to keep themselves shock. in power? Oh, Brandy. Yeah, I must be hysterical. Of all the ridiculous. <laughs> hysterical, a specifically sexist term. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And lunatic. There lunatic really too. aren't a lot of men who are Don't be so emotional. Yeah. <laughs> or shrill. I shouldn't be so oh, God. Or bossy. Or shrill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bossy's the one that gets me. Sensitive. You're too sensitive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yep. Me too. too sensitive. I think most Christians do not believe that the Bible is literally true. Some do, some don't. I yeah. said most. Yeah. I didn't say all. I know a yeah, lot I that do. Fundamentalists, <clears throat> evangelicals, <clears throat> like every word of it's true. Even the parts yeah. that uh, contradict one another. Then that's problematic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, the incest. <laughs> Incest, all that stuff. If you believe that we all come from Adam and Eve, then we are all products. We're of all in bread. And there's also the so, Noah story with the with the flood that it was only one family. Yes, yeah, so much incest. And it yes. was, anyway, you know, be fruitful and multiply with whom? Actually, kind of related to this with the short trek. I really love that. Well, I like that he said it was like a million centuries ago or whatever, or mm -hmm. not a thousand, a thousand. When the first, the first people, yeah. they the were first. the first So he people. said a thousand centuries ago. So a thousand centuries, that's, that's a million years, right? Is a thousand mm -hmm. centuries, a million years? Yeah. That's so right. like, there's that, which, you know, the scientists, you know, the, which, and, and, and there's also that humanity evolved in Africa. So like, I love that that's the story that's being told. I think a hundred thousand years. Because a thousand times one hundred. Oh, you're be right. A hundred thousand. Yeah. You're right. I just did it on the calculator. Okay. Yeah. You just have to add the zeros. I mean, you have to. If it was a thousand millennia, all the zeros together, then it would be a million. A thousand millennia, then it would be a million. Yeah. yeah. It's all about how many zeros there are. A thousand, a thousands, right. a million. But a hundred, right? a thousands yeah. is a hundred thousand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But a thousand and a thousand a hundreds is the same as a hundred yes. thousands. Yes. A thousand a hundreds is a hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> this brought to you by Basic Math. <laughs> I'll be signing out now. No, oh now if you're a base six society, then I don't know, because we're a base ten. 
Oh, that's um, too much. Yeah. Because apparently we uh, developed our mathematics based on our fingers and our toes and how we count. And supposedly that's why 13 is such a deadly number is because well thumbs. well it's it's actually one two three four five six seven eight nine ten fingers and then your feet would be 11 and 12 and then when you got to 13 it was unknown it's like oh no i can't count up to 13 because yeah, but these are fingers fingers these thumbs yes your digits so, then your okay. uh, phalanges my phalan my phalanges yeah. <laughs> regina phalange your carpals. oh my gosh off the rails in true yes. fashion have you I missed us, everyone? It. it feels so good. It does. It feels so good to be back. It feels so good. Yeah, this is us, <gasps> so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yes, I, I agree. I love that uh, it was the first people and that they were African yes, people. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, science people. Mm-hmm. I mean, science. Well, <sighs> thinking about this episode of Short Tracks and preparing for the show we're doing right now just a little earlier i thought about how each of the ships in the star trek television series kind of reflect who the people are like enterprise you know that's there's something like about engagement about it discovery it's out going out there discovering things you know voyager it's about being off somewhere on a long voyage defiant you're in a time of war and you're put this line in the sand so I thought that was interesting how, you know, all the different ship names relate to the television series itself. Hmm. Hadn't thought yeah. about it that way. Interesting. Yeah, I'm sure in the writer's rooms or in production rooms, there there's notes tossed around. about What are we going to name the ship? What are we going to name the series? And it's like, yeah, Voyager, yeah. because they're on a voyage. Yes, but then we have the one that's not named after a ship. Two that are not named after a ship. Yeah. Lower Decks mm-hmm. and Picard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Star Trek, the original yeah. one. And yeah, well, it's still Prodigy. the Enterprise. I don't think that's named after the ship. Oh, <clears throat> that's interesting. I wonder. Hmm. Hmm. What's the name of the lower deck ship again? It's a oh, it's a California class. The Cerritos. The Cerritos, right? Yeah. And it's specifically so they can make California jokes because it's very Hollywood-based kind of kind of look at Star Trek. You know, it's kind of meta. Well, isn't isn't that where? Michael Payne's from? I think I think it might be. I don't know. In the valley or something. Let's find out. Yeah. Let's. Because now I have to know. Yeah. Uh, story concludes. Uh, Michael is not afraid of the dark anymore, and she's okay with turning the light off. Mm-hmm. Dad has won the day. Yeah. And the final scene that we get is uh, is the queen taking down the night beast, or about to take down the night beast, mm-hmm. uh, with her bow and arrow. And I think that's what Michael is actually dreaming about. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's kind of foreshadowing, too, of Michael becoming captain as the girl that becomes queen. Agreed. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I remember bringing up this point on the episode that I guess it was Open Channel when this came out, or was it the other show? I don't know. But this was the when the short treks came out, Brandy was my guest was one of my guests and yeah. I had mentioned that when the elder in the tribe says you could have gotten eaten or worse I was like well what's worse than that <laughs> yeah what's worse than getting eaten alive by a giant snake like what's the worst thing what's worse than I don't that know. if you're into four that doesn't sound so bad well you could be grievously injured and left to die mm. horribly painfully like cut apart bit by bit maybe mm. worse than eaten but like being digested 
alive not cool well it's not like the that's yeah that's uh, that's unpleasant it's kind of like the sarlacc pit yeah mm-hmm. don't want to go in there <laughs> don't want to be slowly digested over a thousand years right so i'm sorry i mixed my two universes yes i did and you know what it's fine it's fine it's, it's fine. fine it is fine i i do want to talk about the special features which was an interview with the writer which now I have lost the page again. By the way, there is almost no information about Mike McMahon on the internet. I don't know where he's from. I don't know what his birthday is or how old he is or anything. Well, it might be a kind I of private dude, nothing. which is kind of Smart weird guy. considering his you know, yeah. involvement with Rick and Morty. you think he'd be all over the internet considering how popular that show is. I've checked Wikipedia and I've checked IMDb mm -hmm. and there is hmm. very, very little hmm information maybe just a private dude which is weird because he does a lot of interviews and stuff so who knows hmm. very very strange yeah. the writer is brandon schultz who is a delightful guy both he and kenrick green were interviewed for the special feature and uh, brandon schultz has kids if i remember correctly he has two girls they were talking about the story of the girl who made the stars and they were hoping to build an episode of Discovery around it, but that ended up not working out. Oh, that must that and explains then, why the season started out that way, and then they never really returned yep. to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up making it into a short trek, obviously, mm. doing it animated. And so he was really excited to write it. Of course, they got Kenrick back to do the voice of Mike Burnham. And he said, yes, I'm playing my wife's father. It's a little bit weird, but it's just the right kind of weird for us. <laughs> so I love it. You know, at that time, they hadn't yet had their second child. They have their second child now, which is a, a girl. And he talked about his son because at the end, he says night, night to Michael. And he always says night, night to his son in real life. And I'm sure he does that with his daughter as well. And it showed this great picture of Sonequa and Kenrick and their son. Oh, my Lord, that kid. <laughs> Adorable. It's so cute yeah just i have heard stories of him being on set with them and how everybody loves this kid and he is just a delight to everyone but then look who his parents are so that's that's obvious i just really enjoyed hearing these two men talk so beautifully about their children and about how that inspired them in what they did with the short trek both in performance and in writing yep i really appreciate father's it. been good daddies yeah and I think it's especially important, again, to portray, to show black men being good daddies mm -hmm. because there's still this yeah. stigma yeah, well, to, about yeah. black men. Yeah. To dispel that, uh, that myth that is upheld by white supremacists. Exactly. Of mm -hmm. the absent or deadbeat black father, which is a myth and one that is perpetuated by law enforcement severely policing black communities you tell somebody what they are long enough mm -hmm. you know people start to believe it and so it becomes just a tactic to uphold that delusion yeah. you know yeah like there's not deadbeat white fathers you just yeah. <laughs> don't hear stories about them oh yeah so many deadbeat white dads yeah mine was so, basically so one I saw your dad all of one time mm -hmm. in the entire time that we've been married oh wow yeah. and that was on our wedding day be a while he called me for my birthday and then that eventually stopped and he paid for my college but that was a specific deal that if i went to the, a specific college he would pay for it and mm -hmm. other than that it was like 
hardly any kind of relations at all. Honestly, from my point of view, I think you were better off. Mm, probably. It's not exactly a positive role model. Sheesh. Daddy you issues. You suffered from not... Yeah, well, Dave actually has turned out much better for having far more female influences in his life yep. than male influences. Yeah, I work with a lot of women. I respect women. I get along yeah, well with women. You, you're, so. You are one of the guys that there need to be more of in this mm. world, for mm -hmm. sure. Straight guys, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm straight through no fault of my own, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's I was my, just born this and way, I like chose Lady to Gaga be gay, said. so <laughs> it's all my fault. Yeah, I chose to be straight. I, made I just decision. I couldn't hack it. It's, couldn't it's hack not like I gay. looked at somebody and had to consider. It's like would I? And then it's like nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess what, guys? It's not a choice. Yeah, it's like this is <laughs> we just, are born that way. I'm the way I'm wired, I'm I'm so standard of basic cishet white dude yeah i'm a boring cishet white one but you know what i like <laughs> that we're having this conversation about like straight and gayness mm -hmm. you know but then there's like there's like even that conversation is like now for is now largely dated like now mm -hmm. we we are we are understanding so much more about human sexuality and gender identi identity and stuff like that that it's like it's nice to be able to progress to other things and talk about even more inclusion and more oh. more of the variety of what we all have you know yeah. yes non-binary trans asexual aromantic there's so much i so like it's pride month happy pride mm -hmm. by the way yes happy pride and happy i'm wearing pride. my star trek pride tank tops one of them I won't use this for what did you, what do you like right now, but I've been watching like went back and started watching the beginning of RuPaul's Drag Race from the very beginning uh -huh. on Paramount Plus because they have a contract right now. Season six coming soon. Mm hmm. And so uh, All Stars, All Stars six. Uh, Michelle Visage, who is one of the co co hosts, co judges, the main judge, um, had posted like all the different pride flags that exist. Like I had no idea how many different types there were, and she like. On June 1st, she just like posted them all throughout the day. And so it was like this huge education for me. It was great. There's a Wikipedia page that has them all. And it's like goes over non-binary persons that prefer this type and non-binary persons that prefer this type. And then female identifying people that prefer this type or ones that are asexual. Yeah. There's pansexual. There's intersexual. There's so much. I'm a really big fan of the pride flag. I can't remember what year, but when in Philly, when they incorporated the stripes for people of color in the pride mm -hmm. flag, because yeah. basically Stonewall, you know, basically if it weren't for trans women of color, we wouldn't yeah. have pride. So like, exactly. I feel mm -hmm. like I really love that. And then there's the, in, mm -hmm. the one that has the, the trans colors too, with like the triangle on the side. I don't know. It's really oh, nice. cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, the trans flag is really nice. Mm -hmm, it's got mm -hmm. kind of the, the light blue, the pink, and the white. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, the pride uh, flag with, with the colors is, is really cool. It's got kind of like that triangle coming in at the side. That has yes, the, that's the one. The black brown and, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I love that one. Mm -hmm. And originally there was also a pink stripe, and I think that was, maybe that mm -hmm. was the sex one. I don't know. One of them mm -hmm. was for sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and keep pride kinky. 
Uh, so I missed that whole conversation. I have no idea. I've seen a little bit, but I have no idea. I know it has to do with jock straps. <laughs> and that's all I know. Well, it's all about commodifying pride. People who want to market and make money off of it want to clean it up so they can market it to people so they can profit from it so they want to whitewash it soften it remove the kink from it so they can bring their children to it and all this stuff it's like no it's it's gotta stay kinky i mean it's literally about sexual identity like largely Mm -hmm. so like part of the point is Mm de-stigmatizing gay sex you know that's silly that's I think silly. there's even a pride flag for bears. That's American. That's American bullshit. <laughs> yeah, there is a it, there's a bear flag. Yeah. yeah, it's like all browns. <laughs> there's like a claw. <laughs> yep. uh, American capitalism. Yeah, so exactly. One of our buddies, Fozzie, he's a bear. He even goes by the name <laughs> yes. Fozzie. Fozzie Bear. He's great. Well, he goes by Fozzie Bear, B-A-R-E. B-A-R-E, <laughs> Fozzie Bear. Great dude. Fantastic. He is amazing. Yeah. I love him. It's one of our oldest friends, Andronette speaking. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We go back a long yeah. ways. Oh, what were we talking about? I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, short track. Yeah, short track. So do we have anything else that we want to say about the girl who made the stars? I think it's my least favorite short track, but mm. but that's not a bit. It's not a, it's not like I don't like it. I love it. So. Right. Yeah. The, the weirdness of ha- a story about how the stars were created is is odd in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're talking about humans speaking to one another in, you know, in a star base, it's like, well, you would know what the stars are and how they were made. So, but I guess we tell stories for a reason is like we were talking about the mythology is you can know something's untrue and still find meaning in it, that there's some greater meaning about going out there, discovering something, bringing it back to your village, despite fear. There's story there and it inspires michael later in life who she becomes you know is very much based on that story and you know hero worship you know to have a role model look up to and to you know map the rest of your life from that story yeah so i guess it has some meaning there i think of it as less about the content of the story and more about the meaning of it that it's about overcoming fear yes and that's the whole point of it. it. It could have been anything. It could have been about anything. But he took a real story that had been passed down from the first people, which was meaningful to them because they are of African descent, which made her able to identify with it, put herself in the story, mm-hmm. so to speak. He made he chose a story of a young girl so she could put herself in the story. So he very carefully chose which story he wanted to tell for that reason. Yep. Everything that he did was so that she could imagine herself in this story and identify with the character. So I understand why this story was the one that was chosen. So I get why they did this one. I think it was I think they took a big risk. I yeah. think they did something that nobody expected. Mm-hmm. I actually appreciate that. You know, it has a place in my heart with all the rest of the short tricks oh, yeah. because it stands apart from absolutely everything, yeah. every other one that they Because done. they took a big detour once we got mm-hmm. Ephraim and Dot and this one, and then Children of Mars was another continuation of that big detour. They switched things up for these last three. They even yeah. said this is what the short treks was meant to do, is to experiment with mm-hmm. what Star Trek can mm-hmm. be. Unlike, you know, what goes on with Star Wars a lot, where it's just retelling this Skywalker saga over and over again in different permutations. It's like, okay, we've got... 
this future, how can we approach it in different ways? And so to have an animated Saturday morning cartoon style or this, which is a bit more sophisticated of like modern 3D, like DreamWorks kind of Pixar style animation. That's interesting because you when you bring up the topic of experimentation and like the different perspective, it reminds me of expanding upon an original story that we all know in canon, like right. the trouble with Tribbles, we get Trials and Tribulations, which is the mm-hmm. exact same story. It's the exact same time that's happening. We are getting a completely different perspective on it, but it doesn't change what's also happening that we know. So they could theoretically in these short treks take anything that we know of that has happened in Star Trek before and flip the perspective like that, like they did with Trials yeah. and Tribulations. That would be really cool. Like something on Discovery while some other stories happening that we know what's going on on the other side of the ship. They could take anything and do a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Right, yep. right, viewpoint. right. Which is basically what I guess the idea behind the Lower Decks, you know, the mm. actual Lower Decks episode. Right. Of- what was it? Voyager? That was the TNG. Lower Decks one? No, no, no. It was TNG. TNG, right. Yeah, yeah that, that was basically the inspiration for that, is let's take these minor characters and show what a day in the life of is for them, and then to have a whole television series be inspired from that. Right. <laughs> At the same time, no, because the, that episode was a lot more dramatic towards the end, because yeah. one of them actually died right. on a mission. One of them almost so, died. Like, yeah, it was... I love no, that. No, Cedo Jackson died. She did not. But come the Bajoran back. lived, right? No, she's she the died. one that died. Okay. Yeah, she died. Cedo Jackson was the one who went undercover with and the she long, was the blonde hair. I loved her. That was sad. That was. I love that episode. Yeah, it's a great episode. The idea of lower decks may have come from that, but the tone definitely did not because it was no. a very different. Tone. But it was also lower decks, wasn't it? Is that the first Ensign? No, Ensign Row was the first Ensign Row episode. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was going to be on DS9 initially. I am one of those people that was never really a big Ensign Row fan. And mm-hmm. I love her. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, she's fine. Love but... her. Did you think it was just... odd that they got after her for her earring? Did you think that was kind of uh, weird to be? Now I do. This is not part of your dress uniform, so you're going to have to remove it, even though it's a representation of her religious upbringing. Although Worf wore his sash. Um, it's like, why does Worf get to wear it and she doesn't? Because he's a man. Uh-huh. The only thing that I can think of is that it could be about, and it, this doesn't really hold true because it's very inconsistent. It could be about how any kind of adornment that could be used against you in a hand-to-hand fight that could be used to harm you, like an earring like that that could mm. be used to rip your ear off mm. or mm. something like that. That's the only reason I could think of of why it would be against regulations, but that really makes no sense when you see things like Troy's hairdo mm-hmm. for yeah. like the first and, three seasons. And Troy seasons. not even Anybody wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That too. And so again, it's inconsistent, so I can't really justify that. So yeah. to me, there was no reason for it. It seems xenophobic. That was, I think that was just a reflection of like, you know, we look back at old episodes of Trek as evolved as it is it still took place in the era in which it was produced. So some things that we pay attention to now were not paid attention to then. Same thing with the original, obviously Mm -hmm. in the original series, a lot of sexist stuff, but like, you know, don't get me wrong. I don't have anything against Ensign Rowe, but I just never got, 
I just never was like, oh, yeah, wow. I get it. About her either. I think I just liked, so, I love the bad bitches. Like, I love them. Like, Kalar and Enton Rowe, to me, they're, they're yeah, in the same category and, for me, and I love them. <laughs> See, and for me, Kalar was just like, yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's not about bad bitches either. <laughs> it, it's just, I don't know. And I don't mean that I, term I, in a derogatory way. Oh, no. Oh, no, of course not. I didn't take it in a derogatory way. And I don't think anyone listening, I don't think anyone listening would take it in a derogatory way. Also, who who else did I absolutely detest? Bosch. Detested Bosch as well. No, I, I, okay, I didn't detest Kalar. I didn't detest Roe, but I detested Vosh. Absolutely detested Okay, did you detest Vosh, Picard's Vosh, or Q's Vosh, or both? All of the above. Okay, because I was, I rather enjoyed the DS9 situation with Vosh myself personally didn't care I was just like oh I do not care don't care please go away I don't want to see you ever again stop it she wasn't exactly a very pro-female character a lot of the time exactly like, you know yeah, uh-huh. she didn't exactly yeah, represent just... the gender in an she amazing way <laughs> yeah she was problematic yeah. So she's the one that's about as much of a con man as Q is, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without the okay. superpowers. I, I remember that. Yeah, I don't like just, her either. If, if, that's a good way to put it. And the romantic stuff between her and Picard Gross. was just like, oh, nauseating. Yeah. What That she faked that she was an uh, archaeologist or something, anthropologist or whatever. Is I don't that remember, the right but one? just ew. Okay. Yeah, I'm I don't yeah, remember I'm pretty this sure. episode. I had just written her out of my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know about you guys, but do you think this is enough talk that we can save Children of Mars to a later discussion, like another episode? We can. Oh my gosh. We it's, we really we, have it's, it's gone, gone on. We, we could do that. Well, that's, yeah. that. That's us. Tangents. We could do that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a totally it's a total tone shift, so it would make sense to Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a different story entirely, that's for sure. You know, and I'm fine with that because I would find it difficult to shift gears now and go into Children yeah. of Mars because mm-hmm. I had a very different experience with Children of Mars this yeah. most recent time oh, that I watched so it I. than I have in the mm-hmm. previous times that I've seen it. So, yeah, I I think that that's a good idea. Yeah, so it's then not just shifting gears. It's like changing vehicles. <laughs> it's it's like mean, I'm going from yeah. a train to an airplane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, we're, just... we're also changing series entirely, too. So talk about yeah. tone shift. Right. I had to break out my Picard Blu-rays to watch this one, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the special feature for that one was commentary with uh, Alex Kurtzman and Heather Caden and, oh my gosh, why can't and I Nicole Byer, is that right? Or no? Yes, Kirsten Byer. Kirsten Byer, that's it. Sorry, I got the name, first Nicole name Nicole Byer is an actor. Okay, that's why I got that wrong. And Nicole DeBear. <laughs> Same last name, different first name. Yeah, Nicole Debar that she is uh, she is uh, um, 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 don't Ezra mm-hmm. anywhere <laughs> anywhere anywhere anywhere, anywhere. wow Any, anywho oh my lord yeah it's a good time to stop you guys. this <laughs> yeah I am sorry that I'm a train wreck today so oh you should have heard me try to me. talk earlier I couldn't get a whole sentence out anyway I've been uh, very eloquent all day today so I don't yes, know you what's have wrong been. with y'all you're, you're <laughs> fine no you you have been you have just been mm-hmm. waxing poetic <laughs> left and right glue holding us together it's true uh, without you we would just be pieces shattered the glue. on the glue yeah, yeah. you are the glue. shattered you glass are the, you are the gorilla glue that holds us yeah, together nice. <laughs> okay so it's time for hey what do you like 
So I know Dave has something. So Dave, let's start with you. Well, since it is Pride Month and Happy Pride Month, I'd like to recommend a queer band. They're post-punk they're from turkey which is a bit unusual they sing in turkish which is very interesting they have a very gothic and dark wave vibe it's oh, called i know who you're talking about uh, she passed away that's just the band just yep she passed away i just purchased one of their albums yesterday and have been given a good list in one of their older albums oh it's past p-a-s-t p-a-s-t she passed away a very elegant uh, atmospheric uh, post-punk with uh, turkish vocals done in that uh, kind of guttural gothic style that you hear with a lot of german gothic bands so it looks like they have several albums what's a good album to start with uh what did what i'm saying part-time puck session x disco anxiety yeah, see, I think I've got the Punk Sessions one. Yeah, Part-Time Punk Sessions, okay. the one I just picked up. Great. And it's really good. Saved. I can't wait to listen tomorrow. Yeah, it's really good stuff. You always right, get Chris. the good, like, music suggestions. Or, like, well, you know, like... <laughs> I am a self-confessed goth and, and a DJ. You and, listen to and... a lot a lot of music and a lot of different I kinds do, of music. I do, and I have a really good circle of friends on Twitter, and there's always recommendations, including Trevor Aon, who is a wrestler, professional wrestler. He's black and gothic and has this whole demonic vibe that he do. uses in his persona, and he's always sharing music recommendations. Nice. It's like, I don't think there's a moment of the day he's not listening to music, except if he's in the ring. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, very cool. Well, it's your turn, Chris. What yeah. do you like? Well, I have been watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Netflix. And when it originally came out, I started it and stopped in the first half of season two because I feel like there's a lull in the first half of season mm. two. I started it over and I've been watching it and I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the writing and Titus, I think, is really great. But I discovered... Recently, in a late night TV watch over Memorial Day weekend, I believe, Love, Death, and Robots. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. It's an animated kind of series that does like a lot of cyberpunk type stories. Oh, my God. It's like, yeah, it's largely computer animated. It's like like an anthology series. The second season just came out, and I'm still in the middle of season one, and they have a ton of episodes in, in each season, and they range from, I don't know, like six to ten minutes 11 minutes something like that so it's mm-hmm. a ton of shorts but the production value is so high and it's very adult but it's super like dystopic and it's <laughs> so cool like i highly highly suggest all of the nerds out there that are listening who are into like love death and robots to go and mm-hmm. to go and watch it you'll be shocked at some of the scenes like there's really yeah, sexual it stuff. gets really explicit yeah super explicit like computer animation and like there's some really violent stuff with like aliens and it's it's, some of them are really funny like there's one where yogurt becomes sentient and takes over (laughs) the planet and it's It's like the stuff it's so good love death and robots i'm loving it nice yeah i think brandy would like it i bet i would yeah (laughs) sounds like it's easy to watch it's like you'll watch an episode and then you're like Okay, then I'm going to go to... Oh, no, I'll just watch one more. And then you end up watching like five or six or seven. <laughs> so that's like bite-sized when you got like 10 to 12 minutes or so per episode. Yeah. yeah. And Brandy. Yeah. yeah, Brandy. What about you? What do you like? What, 
What's your recommendation? Oh, golly, there are so many things that I like. <laughs> I know that this is normally for stuff. Yes, golly. Golly <laughs> gee whiz. I know it's normally for stuff that isn't necessarily Star Trek related, but this is Star Trek related. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but there is a crapload of Star Trek stuff on Etsy. There is a Star Trek Etsy world that is just ripe for the picking. <laughs> you have no idea the kind of things that you can find on there. The amount of Star Trek earrings that I now possess is... Speaking of. Yeah, I, I have a lot of Star Trek earrings. Like, you can't really see Ooh. in the video, but these are my gold command earrings. The Deltas. I also have... Oh, those are cool. Yeah, they're Delta shape. Uh, I have them also in silver. I also have them in science, medical, and engineering. And then I also have one that are three-tiered that have the red, gold, and blue. So it nice. has the red engineering, the gold command, and the blue science. <laughs> Plus, I have a necklace mm. in sterling silver that is my name in Vulcan. And oh, I yeah. have another necklace pendant that is live long and prosper in Vulcan. There are so many Star Trek things on Etsy. Then you're supporting independent artists at the same time. You would be amazed. And that's where Susan Williamson, that's where she does her her, um, stained sass, her Star Trek stained glass stuff, of which I have two. Mm -hmm. Stained sass is the name of her Etsy shop. Mm -hmm. Check her out. I have many of her works. Dave can attest to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, One of them slid off and I had to hang it back up recently. (gasps) I would No, which one? Was Was it the Batleth? No, it was, I think, your uh, your Pride Delta. (laughs) No, not the Pride Delta. (laughs) Yeah, I have a bat. Was it the batlet? <laughs> was it the batlet? Yeah. I hope it wasn't the batlet. That's my newest one. Yep. Suzanne's stuff is mm-hmm. amazing. I guess I didn't attach that one as well as I could have. I should have pressed it. I don't know. I think it was just like weather situation or something, you know. Mm. So. But seriously, guys, go check out yeah. Etsy. Just put in Star Trek and see what comes up. You will go down a rabbit mm-hmm. hole and you will not want to come out. In the best way. Yeah, there's a lot of talented artists on Etsy. Yeah, I now have a blue and black science tote bag for all of the stuff that I have to haul to work because I work so far away from home that I have to take stuff with me for every possible precaution for what could happen while I'm away from home. Mm-hmm. And various and sundry things like that. I mean, there's so many And you've, there's so many things I have stick. You've with. gotten <laughs> a couple more new Spock commissions also, right? That you posted oh, about? Oh, yes. Art, art yes. stuff. Uh, Someone doing that's art. That's a whole other aspect. If I have some art, um, some art. That, that, that I will dovetail into that. <laughs> there are two lovely people that have been doing some commissions for me. And yes, I'm going to do the whole thing in this voice now. You you asked for it, you got it. No, I'm not going to do that to you. Wayne Talbot, my good friend in Ireland. He is also a comics artist and has illustrated his own comics. Mm-hmm. He is extremely talented, and he has his own print shop where he has done various and sundry geeky sort of things, and in fact did a commission for Dave as well. I'd seen commissions he'd done for other people. He did this great one of John Constantine that just made me almost weep with its brilliance, and I, I just messaged him privately, and I said, are you still doing commissions? And he said, well, yeah. And I said, would, would you do one for me? Because I just there just is not enough beardy spock fan art in fact there's like none i don't get that and i really just need some i I don't either that's yeah he should be all over the place that's he should be everywhere that's a i wonder if it has to do with like the the pay service is why it's not as 
if it was more like on network television if but now it is on network television isn't it it has been yeah it, season one of discovery was on cbs beardy spock is a kink for me like i swear yeah. like i i just oh god I... and, and now is a kink for my mom but we'll, uh, we'll not talk about I'm that i'm happy um, for her i'm, I'm happy yeah, for her. oh boy she, oh she made it i was showing her something i'll just i'll talk about that later anyway <laughs> Long story short, he has done now four commissions for me of Beardy Spock in different... I don't even tell him which which thing to choose. Oh, nice. He chooses whatever episode, pose, whatever to pull from. <gasps> and then I get surprised. Oh, my God. He... Oh, my God. I would want him to do Spock, Spock's, Spock's Spock, Evie, Spock. Evie suit, but oh, yeah. Spock. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Spock's butt. Uh -huh. yeah. I would... I know he, I know you would want that. love that. <laughs> um, the most recent one that he did, I mean, every single one of them has been magnificent. The most recent one that he did, I seriously couldn't breathe for a few seconds. They're gorgeous. After I saw it. They are absolutely glorious. I have been just absolutely loving every single one of those. And I'm absolutely happy to give him money to keep doing beardy spots for me. But I have also been giving money to a very talented young lady who goes by the moniker The Clumsy and Shy on Twitter, which I identify so hard with that, I can't even tell you. And she is 17 years old and has immeasurable talent already. Yeah. It is unreal. Yeah. I cannot believe her level of talent. And she has also done several Spock portraits for me. Not all of them beardy. But most of them. And I also switched it up and I'm like, let's just do a couple just of Ethan. Let's just have some <laughs> Ethan. All right. So I've got a couple just of Ethan, one beardy, one not. Every time that I have gotten commissions from her, it has been to help fund something that she has needed. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, because, you know, she needed a new computer for school. She needed new glasses for driving and for school. I just basically have her Twitter account set to all notifications. So when something's going on where she needs money again, and this is how she earns money because she's still in high school. She can't just go out and wow. get a job in the, in a pandemic because a lot of Australia is still in lockdown. And so this is the way that she earns money is she does digital art and she is so good. I do not know how a 17 year old has this level of talent. That's cool. This most recent thing, I found out that she was needing some funding again. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to pay for two up front. Just invoice me for two up front. And let's switch it up and let's do some Captain Pikes. And I've got two Captain Pikes coming. That's so, awesome. Yeah. But I've got so many spot things now, and I'm not done yet, that I could fill an entire wall. I've got, <laughs> I've got a You're bigger book of wall. Star Trek art. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I love them. Something else about Wayne Talbot is we met him through podcasting. We used to be on the same mm -hmm. podcasting network known as Geek Planet Online that is now defunct. It's no longer a thing. He would podcast, well, he was the main guy of the Irish pubcast. They'd go into an Irish pub and just talk about geeky things. And now he's doing the Irish pubcast plays D&D. &D. I think there's even a YouTube channel for that if you're interested in a bunch of Irish folks from dublin playing dungeons and dragons <laughs> but yeah he's he's a great dude and fantastic artist studied animation yeah. it's not something he just picked up it's something he's been doing for ages and yeah. also instrumental in the irish comic-con kind of uh, scene that he moderates panels 
He's he met. doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, well, not during a pandemic anyway. Well, no, no, no. He's, he <laughs> oh, stopped doing he stopped it before doing... the pandemic. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably just because he's a, he had, he's he a young father, too. Yeah. Yeah, he just he's, didn't have enough he's time. He's got a family now, but he, he'd meet actual Star Trek actors and, and ask them questions. So, yeah, yeah he's met Gates McFadden and talked with her. So, pretty cool dude. When is the bomb? He told me he would keep doing commissions as long as I kept wanting him. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, you got so much Beardy Spock left in you. <laughs> I'd like a little beard. Oh, never mind. <laughs> like a little beard. <laughs> like a little beard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, would, I would like a little beard. Oh, yeah. Too. Keep kink oh, and pride. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Keep kink and pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Beardy Spock. Sorry. Anyway, uh, it, uh, sorry that uh, that went on a bit long, but uh, yeah. let's got distracted. But uh, what, only one last thing that I want to say: w- when you guys see independent artists ask, saying, "You know, I'm open for commissions," help them out because you get art, yeah. and they get funding for things that they need. Because a lot of times they, for whatever reason, may not be able to have a normal job, like you know, you or I might be able to have. Just keep that in mind. Art is worth it. Oh, yeah. And especially with younger artists, for them to know that people, you know, in this case across the world, really value their talent and their time and their work is worth infinitely more than what you're paying them. Mm -hmm. And this goes with writers and musicians, too. Anybody Mm -hmm. who's a creative that produces original material, don't ask for their stuff for free. Mm-hmm. No, not. You're paying for not only the effort for them to create the thing, the materials used to create the thing, the time. You're paying for all those years of education, teaching themselves how to do the thing. Value art, no matter what it is, whether that's in writing, music, or visual arts, graphics, you know, graphical art. And just a reminder a commission is a one-of-a-kind thing. Mm-hmm. That means that you are the only person in the world that has that thing. Yeah. So what is that worth to you? And yeah, don't go spending $500 on an NFT just so some blockchain can, you know, some computer can run some complicated mathematical formula just so you can own a piece of the internet that's available to everybody. If you pay actual money for an actual piece of art that you can hang on your actual wall, that's greater bragging rights than any like slam dunk that gif that you can get off the internet for like 500 bucks. Yeah. Support independent artists, you mm-hmm. guys of all kinds. Okay. Support local drag queens. <laughs> <laughs> Support local drag queens. Absolutely. Yep. Support local cosplayers for that matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Support local pride. Support local gay, trans, bi, support uh, black owned businesses. So S- support, support queer owned businesses. Support who are support people who are white. Support people who are not white. Support all the people who are not white. Just just support Especially that support bit. people. Oh, wait. What? <laughs> the people stop listening to us. Yeah, right. Just just support people. Support yep. support people. Let's yep. get to that Star Trek future, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Let's it's not a pie. It's not a pie. Equality is for everyone. Just because everyone is equal doesn't mean anyone is less equal because of it. Yep. All find, right? find the thing you value and pay what you think it's worth. Yes. Like I just did. I just spent $76 on Bandcamp. And it wasn't even Bandcamp Friday. 
Mm-hmm. It was just the first Friday of the month, and it was like, I need to buy music. So <laughs> I bought one artist's total catalog oh, wow. on Bandcamp called Cat Temper. They do kind of like chiptune kind of stuff, but all the songs have cat pun titles based on actual songs. Like they have Kitty Hate Machine, and all the songs are titled after Nine Inch Nails songs. I mean, they're all original materials. They're not like covers or anything like that, but like... I think the downward meowl or something like that. It's just so silly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now that we've all had like extra turns. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything <laughs> you else, Chris? Do you want to get another I, one in there? I don't dare. No. Okay. I just hope that if listeners that are still there, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. Same here. <laughs> well, it has been a long time since we have been able to be together. It has. We back, had baby. a lot to talk and about. And listeners, we haven't really communicated much either. So this is the first time we're seeing each other, aside yeah. from like a couple yeah. DMs here and there. So yeah. seeing each other face to face, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of, through Zoom. We united and, and it, it feels so good. good. <laughs> All right, then. So it is that time to say where people can find you. So Dave, go first. Most likely place to find me is on Twitter, either retweeting somebody I'm supporting, talking about politics, or sharing some link to music or whatever. But yeah, you can find me at Dark Corner Cast. Uh, we host the Dark Corner Podcast. We're going to record probably tomorrow, our next installment in our review or exploration of the tarot. We're going to be on the chariot. Ooh. I have a dark track planned for that episode that I just talked to the band about, which is also called Chariot, a bit of some uh, goth-sprinkled uh, synth wave. So it's going to be really fun and sexy. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. And I just released the uh, World Got Day special for May 22nd. That's seeing a revival in listeners. I noticed in our analytics, <laughs> it was like around World Got Day, it jumped up. And then about a week later, it had another spike. So yeah, thanks for people listening to that. It's a good, fun, continuous mix. And yeah, and you can also find me... Uh, at DJ Evil Dave on Facebook, though why you would be on Facebook anymore other than to promote what you do is beyond me. <laughs> it's kind of a toxic side. I mean, even compared to like Twitter, it's like mm. Christopher, darling. Where can people find you? Well, I'm not much on social media these days, unless I'm like posting a workout thing or a pride post or something but i am on instagram and twitter at cd littlefield and then for my other two shows open channel is at open channel trek and there are four questions is at four questions trek and that's the number not the word at four questions trek right it's the number (laughs) yeah brandy where can we find you nowhere nowhere no place I exist and I do not exist. You will only know when you open the box. Sorry, I'm oh, not Schrodinger's it's, cat. It's quantum brandy. It's I'm quantum brandy. You can find me on Starbase 13. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you can. Yeah, most of you probably know. I think I've talked about it on this podcast. I am part of Starfleet International, the fan group, and I am posted on the ship, the USS Nomad. I have recently become the director of Starbase Operations what? on Region 13 Starbase. 
Have you talked know, about right? this on the show before? Maybe the last episode. Not this particular part. This just happened recently. Yeah, that's news yeah, to me. This happened like within the last week. So that's um, cool. That was, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's that's pretty fun. It's a it's a fun little role playing thing. And in fact, the the nomad docked today for the first time at Starbase thirteen. It was our first official function, hosting the captain of the nomad, who is also our regional coordinator and has an office on Starbase thirteen. We have some restaurants that that don't replicate food. They actually cook fresh food, and we ended up with one of them being called Borks. It's basically a play on the Swedish chef. <laughs> Just- <laughs> bork bork bork. Yeah, borky, borky, borky. Just, we just really it really just got out of hand but it was just so funny we couldn't not do it so now there is a restaurant on starbase 13 called borks it sounds like it'd and be they, like fringy cuisine. yeah but it does kind of sound like that but or no borscht. Uh, but they do yeah. they they do serve boneless chicken wings mm-hmm. and coors banquet that's another story i'm not going to tell it now but i giggle every time the captain mentions coors banquet because all it does is make me think of cobra kai Anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. That's where you can find out what I'm doing, sometimes what I'm thinking, if I deign to grace you with my presence. (laughs) Deep thoughts with Brandywine12. I mostly post about Star Trek stuff or Marvel stuff or sometimes just uh, shitty thoughts I'm having just to get it out of my brain. Yeah, just to get the demons out. Oh, I do have a message from the regional coordinator saying, one heck of a star base director, compliments to you and your team. So yay me, we have won the day. (laughs) So just just find me there. You can find out my other goings on. The Vedic Assembly is still on hiatus. I'm trying to get with Suzanne to do a new episode of Boldly Go. Apparently Infinite Trek is going to become just like a monthly roundtable thing. And uh, the Unready Room you can find on Dan Gunther's YouTube channel, Kurt Ratz Productions, every other Saturday night when we'll be talking about a randomly chosen, then voted upon episode of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. The next time we will be doing that is June 12th. This episode may or may not be out before that. (laughs) But join us there on Saturday nights. We have a good time. What are you doing for the next episode? Uh, It is the Voyager episode, Timeless. Oh, interesting one. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, that's the one that won. Uh, Somebody was really trying to get extinction from Enterprise. (laughs) Woof. And, uh, I'd say either way, it's a... But... Okay. We won't talk about it. I can actually get through extinction just fine, because Uh. I've been through it enough times where I just know how to have my own fun. (laughs) So... Speaking of MST3K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you just visualize uh, Hoshi as a sassy teenage girl throughout <laughs> the whole thing, it's hilarious. So, but anyway, those are those are the places you can find me. Thank you. Turning Voyager into an anime. <laughs> Ooh. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad that you are still here. <laughs> and yeah. if you have made it this far without yeah. shutting off your iPod... Oh, no, nobody has iPods anymore. Without shutting off your podcatcher of choice in frustration. You get 500 XP. (laughs) You get 500 XP, you have leveled up, and you get to choose a new feat, and also you get an extra point to your dexterity. Oh, wow. So thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back to talk about the final short trek that has been released. Gosh, I wish we'd get some more. Mm-hmm. And that is Children of Mars, which is it is sort of a prequel of sorts for Star Trek Picard. And so join us again, hopefully in a couple of weeks, to see 
what the future holds. So earlier when I said, guess who's back in the motherfucking house? It's a lyric from a remix of a Mariah Carey song, and the brat is the one who raps that. And I was going to say the rest of the lyrics was, she goes, guess who's back in the motherfucking house with two big tiggle bitties for your mouth. I was going to say that, but I stopped. I, I, <laughs> I censured myself. No, I censored myself so as to avoid being censured. <laughs> I know. Recording. Recording. Perfect, Dave. Gosh. Guys were like almost exactly on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is impressive. Yes. I feel like I need to up my volume because my mic is further away now. <sighs> anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Get back over here. I'm trying to keep from hitting my mic as much during what in the hell happened here oh this is staying in 